Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. God has always had servants. But when we look at the scripture, we see that in the early days of God's work of redemption, meaning bringing the people out of, of bondage in Egypt, we see that God set apart one family. And of course, I'm speaking about the family of Aharon or the priestly family. And there were priests, but there was also a high priest. And we're going to see that God, in his sovereignty, in his perfect wisdom and knowledge, God is going to set forth for them rules that they must follow if they want to be his servants, if they want to be used by him for his purposes. So take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Leviticus and chapter 21. The book of Leviticus and chapter 21. Let's begin in this first verse where it says, And the Lord spoke to Moshe, Say to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and you shall say unto them, and then we have a phrase, nephesh. Now, nephesh means a soul, but we've come across that word many times, and that word nephesh can relate to an individual, a person who is alive, or in this case, we're talking about a dead person. And in regard to the dead, we know that the priests are not called to go near to anything that is corrupting and death relates to sin why because death entered into this world because of sin it was god's not god's will from the beginning that we would experience death god created us for life he is a god of the living but nevertheless because of sin that first sin in the garden of eden we all know that sin entered into the world and therefore so did death and many other dangerous things spiritually diseases and such so because of sin there was a corruption but a priest this servant of god was called to minister holiness and holiness or sanctification is always related to the will of god which can only be discerned through the instructions of God. So look again at this verse where it says, for a soul or a person, and again, the context, as we'll see, is a dead person. He says, lo yitama be'amav, which means he should not defile himself among his people. So priests have a different set of obligations to god because they are priests when someone dies that priest 
is not allowed to defile himself by being in the presence of death he is not a minister of death he is a minister of life and therefore he should have no connection with that however we're going to see that there is some exceptions look now to verse 2 for one of his relatives one that is close unto him and is going to speak not just any relative but a close relative and he does not leave it to you and me to determine well what is a close relative god is going to reveal that to us and he says a close relative unto him and he gives examples for his mother for his father for his son for his daughter and for his brothers so we're talking about the imminent family the immediate family is another way of saying that his parents or his family his children but notice what it says it goes on to say in verse 3 but for his sister and if that sister is a virgin and she is close unto him so we're talking about literally a biological sister if she is a virgin and close to him and additionally who has not been to a man meaning never been married for her it says he may defile himself meaning he can attend her funeral he can mourn with the rest of the family so we have the rules here for a father or a mother notice mother is listed first for his son for his daughter for his brothers and for sisters if indeed a sister is a virgin she is close unto him a biological sister which has never been married in this situation he may defile himself verse 4 but in a general way look at verse 4 he shall not defile himself why we have baal be amav baal is a leader it is a ruler or a master it's someone who has authority it's someone who is respected it's the same word for husband but it has a different context here so because he is a leader among his people it says here that he should not defile himself he shouldn't be part of anything that is profane or unseemly to his task as a priest verse 5 now we're still speaking about mourning and grieving the death of someone and now he's going to speak about uh, traditions that were common among the nations and they would do things they would for example shave their head shave their beards and do other things but for a priest we are never as servants of god as in a covenant relationship with him we should never assimilate we're not called to be like the peoples we're called to be holy and distinct and therefore he says here he shall not uh, make his head bald and the corners of their beards so a priest 
and we should put this in the plural priests should not make their head bald meaning shave their head and should not uh, uh shave the corner of their beards or in their flesh they should not make any scratching or cutting now this is an important thing that is mentioned several different places in the scripture and that is there was a tradition when one was mourning to cut the flesh and to even make themselves bleed and pour out their blood as a way of saying this death of this person i'm willing to to suffer i'm willing to give my life for it i'm so grieved over that such a behavior is forbidden among the people in large but especially especially for the priests not to do any such thing and then it goes on look at verse 6 holy ones they shall be again speaking about the priests they shall be holy ones to their god and they shall not profane the name of their god why because of this test for the fire offerings of the lord and the bread of their god they offer up they shall be holy so because of their call to service because of their close proximity to god serving whether it's in the tabernacle or the temple because of their closeness to that holy place they should also always reflect holiness now what we're going to see here is that priests are simply called to deny themselves things that in certain cases are permissible for others because they have this unique call upon their life they're called to behave uniquely different now we're going to see that that in the new covenant there are rules for leaders for example for elders for deacons and for for leaders of congregations what is commonly referred to as a pastor teacher so there are additional rules for them and some of those rules relate to what we're going to study in a few minutes and what happens is that people allow emotion they allow their own beliefs their own logics how they see things to influence them they ought not we need to be people that are extremely and hear this carefully that we are extremely narrow-minded meaning this that we close our minds to anything that is outside or is in disagreement with the word of god don't be broad-minded you don't need to hear these other things if god's word is clear in a manner and it is then we should hold fast to that not giving heed to any other conversation or any other perspective god's word is true and therefore he says and look at this this next verse verse 7 a woman of harlotry and she who has profaned herself they shall not take so a priest is not allowed to take a harlot or a woman that in some way has profaned herself god has not specified this this profane thing that she's done but anything 
that would relate to that which is profane or harlotry and that is the the word in hebrew today for prostitution anything along those lines a priest is not allowed to take as a wife why for holy is he to his god now we see something we're called to be holy meaning we're called to exemplify the character of god and one of the things he talks about is marriage marriage is of the utmost importance to god so realize if we're going to be people of faith we submit to god's instructions concerning marriage if you are going to be a leader within a congregation depending upon that role that you have an elder or a deacon or a pastor we find that those unique calls come with a greater set of rules and responsibility and we're going to see some of those things that are mentioned in the new covenant have an origin here in this portion of scripture from the book of of leviticus so again he says a woman of harlotry or she who has profaned herself they shall not take a woman who is divorced from a man they shall not take so here we find that a priest if he wants to serve as a priest he cannot marry a woman of immorality one who has defiled herself profaned herself one that has played the the harlot nor can he marry a woman who has been married before so a divorce divorce woman is is off limits to him it says they shall not take why for holy is he to his god meaning god has a holy call upon him and he must be faithful to that and marriage reflects this holy call it relates to it so again i want to pause for a moment and emphasize that that marriage is extremely important to god marriage is something that that our marital covenant with our spouse has great significance and can disqualify ourselves if we are unfaithful to that if it's broken it can disqualify ourselves from certain leadership positions now if god is sovereign and he is we really should say since god is sovereign does not he have the right to put these rules into place he knows everything he knows what is right therefore it is highly offensive to debate these things to disagree with these things and to ignore these things as oftentimes oftentimes they are and there are numerous ones within the believing community many of the most popular ones names that you're very familiar with you will find that they have been married before and they are not fit for the role that they are in now what they are serving how they are serving what they are doing god would disqualify them based upon the new covenant teachings and again those new covenant teachings do in fact have a connection to what we're reading now look at verse 8 his sanctification sanctification just another word for holiness 
for his sanctification, meaning he has been set apart as holy for the bread of your God. So he has been set apart for the bread for that ministry, the bread of his guard, God, which he offers. Therefore, holy he shall be to you, for holy am I the Lord who sanctifies you. Now, why is that verse there? If you do a good study of it, you will find something. You will find that this word in this passage, in this verse, tells us that there's going to be a relationship between God sanctifying the people and the sanctity of the leaders. If we find that leaders are not meeting the criteria that are set forth in the Bible, it is going to have an adverse outcome upon the body of believers in a general way. This is what this verse is teaching concerning the community. Look again. It says here that this is the one that offers up the bread of your God. Holy is he to you or for you. So he's holy in that condition for you. For holy am I the Lord who sanctifies you. Why does he bring that in that I sanctify you? If this is compromised, it's going to affect the sanctity of the people. Look at verse verse 9. The daughter of a man who is a priest, for she defiles herself for harlotry it tells us if she does that literally if she plays the prostitute it says her father she is defiling so because of that notice the consequence how serious is this to god with fire she shall be burnt so if you have a priestly family and a daughter of the priests goes about plays the harlot gets involved in sexual immorality what happens she brings defilement and that which is profane upon her father and she is going to be burnt with fire very serious now i realize people hear that today and they say well we would certainly not do that that's the word of god and the bible says that god is consistently god meaning he doesn't change as the scripture says concerning the son of god he is the same yesterday today and forever and allow me to pause for a moment and that is there's a term dispensationalism now many people will say oh baruch is dispensational in his theology well there's aspects of dispensational theology that i agree with one is a strong rejection of replacement theology but there's other things in dispensational theology that i disagree with strongly for example dispensationalists break up the history of the world and up until now and into the future with different allotments of time where god functions uniquely in each time find a great problem with that i find that this is artificially placed on on theology in theology that has no biblical basis for it so to say there was a time of the law there's a time of grace there's a time where is that in the scripture what we find is yes 
God uh, issues forth different things at different time, but the problem is this. You will have dispensationalists saying things such as this, that the law has nothing to do with Gentile believers. Well, the law has great revelation. You cannot understand the new covenant. You cannot understand the person and the work of Messiah unless you understand the law. Now, we're not under the law's judgment. We cannot keep the law according to how it's written in the law of Moses today. But we can, if we walk in the Spirit, fulfill the righteousness of the law. That law which Paul says is holy and good and and true and righteous. So to say that the law has been done away with is a heretical statement. And that the law has no relevance for Gentile believers this is false we're not under the law and the law today without a temple is not enforced but in the spirit walking in the spirit we can fulfill the righteousness of the law today so it still has relevance and it should be studied and it should be honored and respected so these things are very very important move on to the next verse where it says verse 10 now we're talking about not a a typical priest but we're talking about the high priest and he's going to have a greater set of responsibilities upon him for example look at verse 10 where it says the high priest from his brethren which is anointed upon his head meaning it's poured out the oil the anointing oil upon his head in order that he fulfills the role and he dresses in those garments the garments for the high priest and it says his head shall not be uncovered now this is a very important hebrew word and we see that same word is used in regard to women and it speaks about a woman if she's accused of of immorality then you uncover her head this is a big deal for understanding certain things that the jewish community does and i would say also we can see a application in the new covenant that's for a different message but uh, these things have a significance not just in the past but also in our day for new covenant believers so it says his head and the implication is hair shall not be uncovered nor shall his garments be be torn or rend meaning this that he should present himself in a way that these garments that he is called to wear that they are in good condition and that they are in place even the mitre what is called by a term in hebrew may be translated oftentimes as a turban that it should be upon his head always always not just when he serves but always should this be the case according to the traditions that we we see in the scripture it also says look now to verse 11 and concerning any any dead individual he shall not come 
his father or his mother he shall not defile himself so we find other priests could do so but the high priest cannot defile himself for his his father or for his mother he does not defile himself he does not come to their funerals not around their dead body but it goes on to say if we keep reading verse 12 and from the sanctuary (laughs) now what this is going to be referring to is the fact that when he's in service nothing can remove him from that nothing that happens in a secular sense in a non-service issue can detract him nothing takes precedence over what he is doing as high priest so we are told here look at verse 12 and from the sanctuary he shall not go forth that he does not profane the sanctuary of his god now we have a an explanation here now if he's just there for for the sake of being in the temple well that's a different story it's going to clarify if you keep reading here in verse verse 12 it says ki nezer now a nezer is a word here for for a crown or a covering and what is speaking about here is being under the anointing and that's exactly what the scripture says many people will translate this word nezer for example it's from the same word where we get a nazarite vow and the nazarite he is consecrated he takes that that oath upon himself for a period of time where he will not cut his hair he will not uh, drink uh, wine or eat anything related to grapes and there's some other things as well so he is consecrated and what it says here look again at verse verse 12 in the middle for the consecration of the anointing oil of his god is upon him i and the lord so because he is consecrated with this anointing oil as long as he's been anointed he cannot go out from the temple or from the tabernacle until he completes his service look at verse 13 in regard to him it says for he shall take a woman who is a virgin it says a widow or a divorced woman or she who has profaned herself or a harlot all of these he shall not take meaning he shall not marry for only a virgin from among his people he shall take as a wife verse 15. now something has been consistent here and that is this not to bring anything profane upon him or in his actions or behavior and what most of the scholars say about this is very simple to understand he is supposed to reflect in every aspect of his life a commitment to holiness that he has been set apart he's under the influence of the anointing therefore nothing should take precedent over that nothing's more important than that and he's called to reflect that look now to verse verse 15. he shall not profane his offspring among his people 
so he needs to also have his offspring his children not doing anything profane for i am the lord uh, who sanctifies him i'm the one who puts my sanctity upon him he has been anointed to serve me as high priest and therefore everything should reflect that that call in his life look now to verse 16 and the lord spoke to moses saying speak to aaron saying a man from your offspring of their generations which will be upon him a defect it's the hebrew word mum and a mum is some flaw and what we find here is this disqualifies a person from many things if he has some defect a physical defect something that's visual visual it's going to have an impact upon him now some will say this is rather harsh i mean it's not his fault that may be but it's an outcome of sin this is what we need to remember here's what judaism says and i would embrace this i believe it's true and that's this before sin entered into the world there was no disease there was no uh, death there was only that which was good and good relates to the will of god nothing was profane nothing was unholy nothing was unrighteous god created the world and we're talking about through his word and that spirit as the scripture says the spirit of god was hovering above the waters through the work of the spirit and god speaking his word what was the outcome to creation there was a change it went from tohu vevohu empty void formless did not reflect the order of god to that which is very good meaning that which did inflect in fact reflect the will of god and the will of god is related to the glory of god but when sin took place all of that was corrupted there would not have been anyone born blind or born lame or born with some physical defect that would never have been until sin was committed so all these things are an outcome of sin now is it the father's sin or the mother's sin or absolutely not we're talking about sin in a general way because of that first sin these things came into this world sin profane god's order of his creation and the perfection of his creation all of that is an outcome of sin so it's not assigning guilt to the person who has that defect or his parents or anyone at all it's an outcome of sin being in the world look at verse verse 16 and the lord spoke to moses saying now verse 17 speak to aaron saying a man from your offspring throughout your generations which will be to him upon him a defect shall not uh, uh, draw near to offer up the bread of his father now we're seeing this specifically because it says say to aaron this relates to the priests verse 18 for every man which in him is a defect a moon he shall not approach 
and that's going to give us different examples of of things what are a moon what is a defect that he's talking about he says is ish iver a blind man or ish paseach paseach is lame or and we have the word harun and the word saruah now these two words some will say they're closely related they relate to being uh deformed and something which is simply not uh proper that there's some uh handicap something that's marred so it does not reflect what a healthy human body is so all of these within the priestly family that that has such a defect whatever it might be whether it's blindness whether it's being lame whether it's some other defect whether it's some other marring that has happened to his appearance or or her appearance or something that is disfigured or deformed all of this is going to bring about a disqualification of course the priests were only men it goes on to say in verse 19 or a man that there should be with him a broken foot or a broken hand so now this can heal but all the while that it's broken he cannot serve a priest could not serve why because god's ministry is a ministry we'll say it in hebrew shirut shalem it is a full or complete ministry therefore someone who has broken a bone is not in a complete state therefore he is not allowed to serve and not just this look at verse 20 or someone who is giben what is that giben is a hunchback or we have another word or someone who is dak now dak means thin and it can mean very thin but here most of the scholars say someone who is simply less than normal size and i believe most bibles translate it as someone who is a a dwarf or a midget of course today those words are not uh commonly used because they're seen as as problematic and we don't want to be problematic and hurt someone or insult someone with words so today i believe the preferred term is a little person so someone who is a little person who is here thin or less than normal or it has an abnormality in his eye and the word here tevalul it speaks about something that is is simply not normal or has uh, a skin disease and we have the word uh, uh, garaf which is eczema or yalefet which most would say has to do with uh, scabies which is a a small parasite that gets into your skin lays eggs and can cause quite a a problem or someone and look at the end of verse 20 someone may roach ashech what's that most would say that this is someone who is unable to to give cause pregnancy cause conception most bibles i believe will translate this as a eunuch any of those individuals any priestly individual that has any of these abnormalities these problems are are prohibited from serving 
But notice something else. Verse 21. Every man who is in him a defect from the the seed of Aaron, the priest, he shall not approach to offer up the fire offerings. Why? A defect is in him. Nor the bread of his God he should not approach or draw near for offering. But look at verse 22. The bread of his God from the the holiness the holy of holies meaning it's the very significant and from the holy place so the bread there the most holy and from the holy place he may eat of it so if he's part of a priestly family and he has one of these conditions whatever it might be he is disqualified from serving but he is able to eat from the holy things that all other priests are able to eat from so he's receiving the benefit to show god is not against him he's not denying him something but there's an order there's an appropriateness for service and when we fail to meet that appropriateness let's not get angry let's not violate it nevertheless let's just not do what we want or what someone will allow but let's submit to God. God has an order, and when we don't submit, there are consequences for that. Read on into the next verse, verse 23. But to the parochet, that is that veil, he shall not come. And to the altar, he should not approach. Why? For he has a defect upon him that he should not profane my sanctuaries for i am the lord that sanctifies them so again if he does that and profanes it's not by accident that god says i'm the one who sanctifies them he does that but if we violate the implication here of most scholars is that it's going to cause god to reject from his people not to be as fully participating in his blessings in his presence in his work among his people when these things are violated let's look at our last verse verse 24 and moses spoke to aaron and to his sons and to all the children of israel now notice he spoke to aaron first the high priest he spoke to the sons of aaron and then he spoke to all the children of Israel why is he doing this to show that all of these things have relevance for the well-being of the entire community and when these things are violated and let's be very clear they are violated numerous times you would be surprised the individuals who are not fit for a position of leadership but they're serving today and this is true among some of the biggest names of of our faith they simply rejected it and let me say the fact that they've done so will have spiritual consequences why god doesn't lie god speaks truth and we need to be people yes we all fall short of the glory of god we all are in need of mercy and forgiveness and the grace of god but do not think 
that the mercy of god the forgiveness of god or the grace of god allows us to violate those things that he says in the tanakh the hebrew bible what's commonly referred to as the old testament nor does the grace of god allow someone to violate those things that are in the new covenant what's called and commonly called the new testament god has an order he has qualifications and it is a most serious thing it is rooted in pride it is rooted in rebelliousness when we simply ignore that and do what we want to do someone who is operating in the holy spirit will always want to do what god wants him or her to do and not to violate not to profane and we hear that word profane it is a strong word but when we ignore the commandments of god his instructions for service when we put those aside because of our own desires our own wants well be assured that god is not going to bless that to the full degree god's word doesn't return void but there is going to be a consequence of that for the community and for that individual let us operate with a true fear of the lord and i guarantee you that when we do so the outcome the ministry god's presence his power his blessings will be greater when we obey him than when we obey our own rebellious desires well, I'll close with that until next week. Shalom from Israel. Well, we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others. Please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org. Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel.